Warning, the following video contains disturbing material that may be inappropriate for younger viewers. Parental discretion is advised. I recently moved into my dorm room, starting as a sophomore in college, and a friend of mine gave me his old Nintendo 64 to play. I was stoked to say the least. I could finally play those old games from my youth that I haven't touched in a decade. His Nintendo 64 came with a yellow controller and a rather shabby copy of Super Smash Bros. And while beggars can't be choosers, needless to say, it didn't take long until I became bored of beating up level 9 CPUs. That weekend, I decided to drive around the neighborhoods, about 20 minutes or so off campus, hitting up local garage sales. I was hoping to score good deals with ignorant parents. I ended up picking up a copy of Pokemon Stadium, GoldenEye, F-Zero, and two other controllers for $2. Satisfied, I began to drive out of the neighborhood when one last house caught my attention. I still have no idea why it did. There were no cars there and only at the table set up with junk on it. However, something drew me there. I usually trust my gut on these things. So I got out of the car and was greeted by an old man. His outward appearance was, for lack of better words, displeasing. It was odd. If you ask me why I thought he looked displeasing, if you ask me why I thought he looked displeasing, I couldn't really pinpoint anything. There was just something about him that put me on edge. I can't explain it. All I can tell is that if it wasn't in the middle of the afternoon, and there were no other people within shouting distance, I wouldn't have even thought to approach this man. He flashed a crooked smile at me and asked if I was looking for anything. Immediately I noticed he must be blind in one eye. His right eye had that glazed over look about it. I forced myself to look at his left eye, trying to not offend, and asked if he had any old video games. I was already wondering how I can politely excuse myself from the situation when he would tell me he had no idea what a video game was. But to my surprise, he said he had a few in an old box. He assured me he'd be back in a jiffy and turned to head back into his garage. As I watched him hobble away, I couldn't help but notice the things he was selling on the table. Littered across the table were rather peculiar paintings, various artwork that looked like ink blots, the type a psychiatrist might show you. Curious, I looked through them. It was obvious why no one was visiting this guy's garage sale. These aren't exactly aesthetically pleasing. As I came to the last one, I noticed it looked almost like Majora's Mask, with the same heart-shaped body, with the little spikes protruding outward. Initially, I just thought that since I was secretly hoping to find that game at one of these garage sales, it was projecting itself onto an inkblot. However, given the event that happened after, I'm not so sure now. I should have asked the man about it. I wish I had asked the man about it. After staring at the Majora-shaped blot, I looked up and the old man was suddenly there again, arms length in front of me, smiling. I'll admit, I jumped out of reflex and nervous laughed as he handed me a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It was the standard gray color with no label. Someone had written Majora on it in black permanent marker. I got butterflies in my stomach and I realized what a coincidence it was. 
and how much he wanted for it. The old man smiled and told me I could have it for free. He said it used to belong to a kid around my age that didn't live here anymore. There was something weird about how he phrased that, but I didn't really pay any attention. I was too caught up in not only finding the game, but getting it for free. I reminded myself to be skeptical, since this looked like a pretty shady cartridge, and there was no guarantee that it would work. However, the optimist inside of me interjected that maybe it was some kind of beta or pirated version of the game. That was all I needed to be back on Cloud9. I thanked the man who smiled and wished me well, saying goodbye then, which at the time is what it sounded like to me. All the way in the card ride home, I had a nagging doubt that he had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game. To my surprise, it worked fine, and there was one saved file simply named Ben. The man was saying goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for him. He was obviously a grandparent going senile. I, for some reason or another, reminded him of his grandson, Ben. Out of curiosity, I looked into the saved file. I could tell that he was pretty far into the game. He had almost all of the masks, and three out of four bosses remained. I noticed that he had used an owl statue to save the game. He was on day three by the Stone Tower Temple, with hardly an hour before the moon would crash. I remember thinking it was a shame he had come so close to beating the game, but never finished it. I made a new file named Link out of tradition, and started a new game. I was ready to relive my childhood. For such a shady looking cartridge, I was impressed with how smooth it ran. Just like a retail copy of the game, except for a few hiccups here and there. Textures being where they shouldn't be, random flashes of cutscenes, at odd intervals, nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was that at times the NPCs would call me Link and call me Ben at other times. I figured it was just a bug. Maybe a fluke in the programming that caused our save files to get mixed up or something. It did kind of creep me out after a while, though around the time I beat Woodfall Temple, I regrettably erased the Ben file. I had intended to preserve the file out of respect for the game's original owner. It's not like I needed two files anyway. I hoped that that would solve the problem. It did, and didn't. Now NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Where my name should be in the dialogue was a blank space. My save file was still called Link, however. Frustrated and with homework to do, I put the game down for a day. I started playing the game again last night, getting the lens of truth and working my way towards completing Snowhead Temple. Now, some of you hardcore Majora's Mask players know about the fourth day glitch. For those of you who don't, you can Google it. The gist of it is that right as a clock is about to hit zero, on the final day, you talk to the astronomer and look through the telescope. If you exit the telescope just as the timer hits zero, the countdown disappears and you essentially have an endless amount of time to finish everything you were doing. Deciding to do the glitch to try and finish Snowhead Temple, I happened to get it right on the first time and the counter at the bottom disappeared. When I exited the telescope, I found myself in Majora's boss room at the end of the game, the trippy boxed-in area, staring at Skull Kid hovering above me. There was no sound, just him floating in the air above me and the background music, which was regular for the area, but still creepy. Immediately, my palms began to sweat. This was definitely not normal. Skull Kid never appeared here. I tried moving around the area. No matter where I went, Skull Kid would always be facing me, not saying anything. Nothing would happen and this kept going for approximately 60 seconds. I thought the game was bugged or something, but I was beginning to doubt that very much. 
I was about to reach for the reset button when a text appeared on the screen. You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. I instantly recognized that text. You get that message when you get the room key from Anju at the stockpot inn. Why was it playing here? I refused to entertain the nothing, that it was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started to walk around the room again, testing to see if there was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with something before realizing how stupid I was. To even think that someone could reprogram the game like this was absurd. Sure enough though, another message appeared on the screen 15 seconds later. And like the first one, it was an already pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss, yes or no. I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react. When I realized I couldn't select no, Taking a deep breath, I pressed yes, and the screen faded to white, with the words, dawn of a new day, and this subtext beneath it. Where I was transported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and impending fear I have ever experienced. The only way I can describe the way I felt here is having the feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. I'm normally not a depressed person, but the way I was feeling here... I didn't even know existed. It was such a twisted, powerful presence that seemed to wash right over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clock Town. I walked out of the clock tower, as you normally do when you start from day one, only to find all the inhabitants were gone. Usually with a fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dogs that run around outside the tower. But they were all gone. But they were all gone. What replaced them was ominous feeling there was something out there in the same area as me, and it was watching me. I had four hearts to my name and the hero's bow, but at this point I wasn't even concerned for my avatar. I felt that I was personally the one that was in danger. Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing, ripped straight out of the game and played in reverse. The music would get louder, building up so you would expect something to pop out at you. The constant loop began to wear on my mental state. Every now and then, I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mass salesman in the background. It was just quiet enough that I wasn't sure if I was hearing things, but just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. I looked in all four zones of Clock Town, only to find nothing, and no one. Textures were missing too. West Clock Town had me walking on air, and the entire area felt broken, hopelessly broken. As a reverse song of healing repeated for what seemed to be the 50th time, I remember standing in the middle of South Clock Town, realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. As I walked through the ghost town, I didn't know whether it was a combination of the out-of-place textures, the atmosphere, and the haunting melody of the once peaceful and soothing song being butchered and distorted, but I was literally on the verge of tears, and I had no idea why. I hardly ever cry, but something had gripped me here and caused this powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling. I tried to leave Clock Town, but every time I went through one of the exits, the screen would fade to black and I would appear at another zone. I tried playing my ocarina. I wanted to escape. I did not want to be here anymore. However, every time I played the song, every time I played the song of time or the song of soaring, it would only say, your notes echo far, but nothing happens. By this point, it was obvious the game didn't want me to leave but I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside buildings. I felt I would be too vulnerable to whatever I was terrified of. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that if I drowned myself in the laundry pool, I could spawn elsewhere and leave. 
As I ran towards the pool, it happened. Link grabbed his head, and the screen flashed for a brief moment of the happy mass salesman smiling at me. Not Link, but me. With a Skull Kid scream playing in the background, when the screen returned, I was staring at a Link statue. I screamed as the thing stared back at me with that haunting facial expression. I turned around and ran back to South Clocktown. To my horror, the statue followed me in a way that I can only describe as being similar to the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Every so often, at random intervals, the animation would play of the statue appearing behind me. It was like the thing was trying to chase me, or, I don't even want to say it, haunt me. By this point, I was on the verge of hysterics. However, not even once did the thought of turning the console off occur to me. I don't know why, but I was so wrapped up in it. The terror felt so real. I tried to shake the statue, but it would literally appear right behind me every single time it went off screen. Link started to do weird animations I have never seen him do before. He would flail his arms around or spasm randomly. The screen would cut to the happy mass salesman, smiling again for a brief moment before I was face to face with the statue again. I ended up running into the sword master's dojo and ran to the back. I don't know why, but in my panic I wanted some kind of assurance that I wasn't alone. To my dismay, I found no one. As I turned to leave, the statue cornered me in a cubby hole in the back. I tried to attack the statue with my sword, but to no avail. Confused and backed into a corner, I stared at the statue and waited for it to kill me. Suddenly, the scream flashed again to the happy mass salesman, and Link turned to face me, standing up as a mirror image of the statue and looked at me with his copy, literally staring at me. Whatever was left of the fourth wall was completely shattered while I ran out of the dojo, terrified. Suddenly, the game warped me into an underground tunnel. The reverse song of healing queued up again, and I was given a brief moment of rest before the statue appeared again this time aggressively. I could only take a few steps before it was summoned behind me again. I made my way out of the tunnel and appeared in southern Clocktown. As I ran aimlessly in sheer panic, a redead suddenly screamed and the screen faded to black. Dawn of a new day with the same text appearing under it again. The screen faded in and I was standing atop the clock tower with Skull Kid hovering above me again. I looked up and the moon was back, looming just meters above my head. But the Skull Kid stared at me hauntingly with that creepy mask. A new song was playing. The Stone Tower Temple theme played in reverse. In some sort of desperate attempt, I equipped my bow and fired a shot at Skull Kid. It actually hit him, and he played an animation of him reeling back. I fired again, and on the third arrow, a text box appeared and said, That won't do you any good. I was picked up off the ground, levitated upwards on my back and Link screamed as if he burst into flames, instantly killing him. I jumped when this happened. I had never seen this move used on anyone in the game, and in addition, Skull Kid didn't even have any moves. As the dead scene played, my lifeless body was still burning. The Skull Kid laugh and the screen faded to black. I reappeared in the same place. I decided to charge him, but the same thing happened. Link's body was lifted off the ground by some unknown force and burst into flames. This time during the death scene, the faint sound of the reverse song of healing could be heard again. On the third and final try, I noticed there was no music playing. All there was was an eerie silence. I remembered that in the original encounter with Skull Kid, you were supposed to use Ocarina to either travel back in time or summon the giants. I attempted to play the song of time, but before I could hit that last note, Link's body once again burst into flames and he died. After the death scene neared its end, the game began to chug. 
It was as if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. When the scene came to, it was the same scene as the first three times. Except Link was laying on the ground dead, in the position I've never seen in a game before. His head was tilted towards the camera and Skull Kid was floating above him. I couldn't move or press any buttons. All I could do was stare at Link's body for around 30 seconds. The game faded out with a message. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking me to the title screen. Upon getting back to the title screen and starting again, I noticed my save file was gone. Instead of Link, was your turn. Your turn had three hearts and no masks or items. I selected this file and was returned to the clock tower rooftop scene of Link dead and the Skull Kid hovering over with the Skull Kids laughing looping again and again. I quickly hit reset when the game booted up again. There was one more save file added below your turn, Ben. That save file was right back where it was before I deleted it, at the Stone Tower Temple with the moon almost crashing. I turned the game off at this point. I'm not superstitious, but this was way too screwed up even for me. I haven't played it at all today. I didn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing the reverse song of healing in my head and couldn't get past the sense of dread I felt exploring Clocktown. I drove back to the old man's house today with a buddy of mine. No way I was going there alone to ask some questions, only to find that there's a for sale sign in the front yard. When I rang the doorbell, no one was home. So now I'm back here, writing down the rest of my thoughts and recording what happened. I'm running on no sleep here. I'm terrified of this game, even more so now that I'm reliving it a second time while writing this down. I think Ben is something in this equation, but I don't know what. If I could get a hold of the old man, I would be able to find some answers. I need another day or so to recuperate before tackling this game again. However, I feel it's already taken a toll on my sanity. But next time I do this, I'm going to record the entire thing. The idea of recording only came to me towards the end, so you only see the last few minutes of what I saw, including Skull Kid and the Link statue. If you want to see an actual recording of what he's talking about, head over to my YouTube channel at RamiGTVYT. There's a surprise video at the end of the video. Till next time, guys. Sweet dreams.